Chapter 19 of Homecraft Rugs, Their Historical Background, Romance of Stitchery, and Method of Making by Lydia LeBaron Walker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Rugs of Chenille and Caterpillar Braid, Marquetry Mats. Rugs of Caterpillar Braid are unlike any other type of homecraft rug and, when expertly made, have a charm entirely their own. Among the notable designs used in these antique rugs is the cabbage, mentioned with cowcumbers, as sometimes found on rugs of turkey work. The thistle lends itself admirably, as do all flowers, preferably conventionalized, that have raggedy edges. France is the country in which chenille was invented about the middle of the 18th century. It was much used for cord embroideries. No less a personage than Marie Antoinette embroidered with it, and some of the articles she made are treasured. The chenille was in high favor for two reasons, its beauty and the rapidity with which embroidery could be done with it. It will be seen at once that such attributes lend themselves well to rug-making. The French word chenille, when translated, has the same meaning as caterpillar braid in English. The soft delicacy of the fuzzy strands immediately suggests the slender, round, and downy body of the larva insect. Manufactured chenille is the genuine medium. Caterpillar braid is its crude imitation. Chenille may be of silk, which is fine and so closely woven that it resembles a velvet cord lustrous and flexible, or the tiny filaments spun at right angles into a central cord of cotton or linen may be of worsted or linen. Whatever the pile, it gives name to the chenille, such as cotton chenille, worsted chenille, etc. Lady Lanover makes mention of a particular sort of worsted chenille made on a flax cord praising it because of its being impervious to moths. Surely an excellent recommendation. Homecraft chenille or caterpillar braid rugs belong to two classes, those fashioned from manufactured chenille, which, like yarn, can be bought for rug making, and those in which the yarn itself is homemade. The difference in type between these two is fundamental. Chenille pile is so easily flattened down and so sinuous that threaded into a chenille or crewel needle, it can be drawn through a textile like any heavy yarn, after which it will assume its former size and shape. This is because of its resilience. It is admirably suited to rug work on honeycomb canvas. It slips under the raised cross strands of the weave with facility, and fluffs out in the square or hexagon shapes between, usually filling them adequately with a single or double strand. It is better suited from its inherent structure than any other medium for embroidery on such a textile. The stitchery, when wrought on honeycomb or waffle canvas, gives the effect of darning, though the threaded needle is merely run under the bars of the weave. When these bars form hexagons, the canvas is called honeycomb. When they form squares, waffle cloth is the usual name. These bars break the line of the embroidery medium, 
and no short stitches have to be taken, as in regulation darning. On these textiles, the work assumes a geometric precision and squareness that is responsible for the name of marquetry mats which is given them. The running stitchery on such canvas is so easy that in the latter part of the 19th century it was called in England by the descriptive name of little folk's work. Whether this name came to America or not, the work did, and continued to employ the fingers of little folk over here for generations. I can well remember working mats of this very kind when I was a little girl, my mother having made the design, and I can testify to its marvelous rapidity and quaint effectiveness. Since marquetry mats embroidered in chenille are suitable for summer cottage chambers and for bathroom floors. If for informal main rooms or halls, they should be developed in rather dark tones to give them rug character. They may be worked to carry out the color scheme of any interior. A mat in this work to spread on the floor to step on when getting out of a bath is excellent. For this, choose a white canvas foundation and use rather delicate tones for the stitchery. A negative design, unworked, with a positive worked background picturing birds, as noted in a CC work, would be appropriate and unique. Or the birds themselves may be done in the stitchery and the background left negative. There should, of course, be a border. It may be of several rows of straight running in consecutive lines, a Greek fret, or some other angular pattern. Both design and background are frequently worked on honeycomb canvas. The design should be run in first and then the background. The material should be heavy enough for no rug frame to be necessary though many workers prefer to thumbtack the foundation into either a rug frame or an embroidery frame. Threads must not be pulled taut, but be allowed to lie smoothly and give with the goods. They must not, however, be so loose that they have the slightest serpentine effect. No stamped or transfer pattern is needed, as the work is done with counted threads or squares, as in cross-stitch. It is easy to see how readily cross-stitch and fillet patterns can be adapted to this embroidery. Designs can be copied from American basketry or motifs in ancient Peruvian art. Booklets published and for sale by the American Museum of Natural History, New York City, on basketry and Peruvian art will be found helpful. Also, booklets of similar character, published by the Victoria and Albert Museum, South Kensington, London, England. Chenille hooked rugs have a marvelous finish if a high grade of the medium is employed. Such rugs are not as cheap as rag rugs, more nearly approximating the cost of yarn-made hooked rugs. There are grades of cotton chenille made for craft rugs, but while they are not expensive, neither can they be described as handsome yet they are strong and have the resilience of pile germane to higher grades. The thrifty way to make a chenille hooked rug is to ravel out old chenille pochiers or other articles, large enough to supply sufficient medium, and use the chenille ravelings. Many handsome homecraft chenille rugs are so made. 
Chenille handicraft rugs may be loom woven using a simple frame loom. Such a rug resembles what has come to be known as a domestic Smyrna rug, for the pile or fur, as the filaments are technically styled, protrudes on both sides of the warp, making a reversible floor covering. These should not be confused with manufactured chenille rugs, which are among the finest of all power loom carpets. The reason for this is that the preparation of the chenille is elaborate compared with other carpet yarns, and the rugs themselves require a higher percentage of actual handwork than other loom-woven rugs. The filaments are pressed back, making a double row of pile, and this is positioned, combed up, and beaten home by hand tools in much the same way that oriental rugs are made. The rugs are totally unlike Smyrna rugs, but one kind of caterpillar craft rug is fashioned somewhat similarly. To make one of these chenille Smyrna rugs, the needle shuttle is threaded with the chenille and is woven over and under each alternate warp thread. Directions for making a frame loom and warping it are given in full in the chapter on needle woven rugs. Or if the loom has an adjustable heddle, even of the simplest sort, all that is necessary in the weaving is to reverse the order of warp threads with it for each passage of the needle through the shed it creates, and then to press the weft firmly with a coarse comb against the already woven weft. Such a rug made with chenille has as much right to the name of Smyrna rug as has the domestic power loom floor covering bearing the same name although in the latter the rugs have patterns supposedly oriental. In turning from the chenille craft rugs made with the filament yarn to those in which the caterpillar braid is homemade, a difference is immediately apparent. They seem to have little in common, although the medium is handled in much the same fashion. Caterpillar braid is similar to genuine chenille in being fuzzy, and somewhat circular, but there the likeness ends. It is sufficient, however, to warrant a name of parallel significance. The braid is made by cutting a textile, preferably woolen, that has a tendency to fray into narrow bias strips about one-half or three-quarters inch wide. The cord on which the filaments of genuine chenille is woven is represented by a strong gathering thread run down the length of each strip, which may be of one piece of textile or several joined together. The braid, after being gathered, is drawn through the partly closed hand, which process increases the fraying. It is the frayed threads that correspond to the filaments, or fur, of chenille. The round formation of the braid is caused by rolling the strips between the palms. This braid is not used as real chenille fur. It is sewed to a foundation on which a design has been stamped or otherwise delineated, the colors of the braid bringing out the pattern. If a rug of solid color is wanted with a banded border, as found in so many genuine chenille rugs, Ticking is recommended for the foundation, as the stripes serve as gauges to keep lines of work even. If the rug has a pattern, 
Denim, khaki, or burlap is, as a rule, preferable because plain, having no cross lines to distract from the design lines. Burlap is not as good as either of the other textiles on account of the loose weave, which in some of the other craft rug work is an advantage. In olden times, pieces of carpet, too worn for other use, were frequently employed and are equally good today as they supply an excellent body to the rugs. When caterpillar rugs are made with the biased textile strips folded together from the gathering string, they bear a resemblance to those made of chenille in which the filaments make a double width of fur. Either medium is fastened to a foundation textile by stitches taken through it and the medium. In caterpillar rugs, however, the strands are sewed to the foundation with needle and thread, not woven to it. The strips of fabric should be gathered enough to make them flare slightly at the ruffled edge and should be sewed closely enough together to provide a pile firm and fuzzy. Care should be taken to keep all edges upright, as in chenille rugs. Before the sewing begins, the foundation should be bound or hemmed. If the rug is patterned, sew the caterpillar braid onto the design parts first, making the strands follow the outline contours and afterwards fill in the background. Unless the foundation is sufficiently heavy to hold its shape of itself, it is wise to put it on a hooked rug frame to prevent its puckering while the braid is being sewed on. The foundation must be straight, flat, and even. Otherwise, when the rug is completed, the craftsmanship is poor and the rug will never be satisfactory. A caterpillar braid rug, when in plain colors with perhaps a darker or contrasting bordered edge or band let into the surface near the edge, is in character with a large proportion of the genuine chenille rugs in its color scheme. It is advisable when sewing the medium onto the foundation, to start with the edges and work in completed rows toward the center, each strand going all the way around the foundation. The nap should incline toward the edge. The center row should be opened and sewed through the flat center to give a perfect finish. The stitchery on the rolled caterpillar braid varies somewhat from the folded gathered braid. The stitches must always catch down the gathering thread firmly, which requires something of the care and positioning mentioned in connection with chenille weaving. Part of the work in that, it will be remembered, is also done by hand. The rolled braid must be sewed so close together that the pile is firm and none of the foundation is visible. Of late years, Manufactured chenille made for handicraft rugs has given some impetus to the weaving of these rugs, but the making of caterpillar braid has gradually lost favor because of the labor involved. Those who have old caterpillar braid rugs are fortunate and should prize them because of their quaint charm. Those who wish to fashion rugs that will be exclusive in craft and into which fascinating design effects can be introduced, may well decide to make genuine caterpillar braid floor coverings. Marquetry mats, whether employing commercial chenille, coarse rug yarn, 
narrow strips of silk stockings or fine jersey cloth as the medium, are practical for the nursery, bathroom, and other rooms, as suggested previously. They are very quickly made, and designs are brought out effectively, while the cost is very slight, all of which are points in their favor. The process of making rugs of caterpillar braid is intriguing, as the making of the braid is so definitely an attempt to copy the beautiful French chenille. Often the use of the braid closely follows loom methods, but with such totally different results that the rugs bear little resemblance to one another. End of chapter 19